The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Good morning, church. It is so great to be with you today. Uh, Even though we're still meeting remotely, it is wonderful to be able to gather today. Um, I've got the privilege of bringing us God's Word, and I'm going to continue our series of I Am God. And I'm going to be looking at the second I Am statement that Jesus made, which we find in the book of John in verse 8. And that statement is as follows. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And what I'd like to do in this short time we have together today is to actually unpack this statement a little bit more um, and really try and understand what Jesus, what he meant when he said this, but also understand what was he saying to the people then and what is he saying to us today in this current environment that we find ourselves in. So let me pray and then we'll jump straight in. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is with us no matter where we are, no matter how separate we may be, Father, you are with us. And we thank you, Lord, that we can come to you and we can seek your word. And we just pray, Father, that you'd go before us in this message today uh, and that you would speak to every heart. And we just ask that you would have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's just jump straight in. And the first thing I want to look at before we actually get into this is where was Jesus at the time that he made this statement? So I want to actually put a bit of context around it and look at where he was. And what we know is that when he said this, it was the, the Feast of the Tabernacles, which is a week where the Jews hold a festival to remember God's provision, his protection, um, and his deliverance in the Exodus in terms of getting them out of Egypt um, and taking them into the wilderness. And now during the feast, there was this ceremony called the illumination of the temples. And basically what it was, the priests gathered and they lit four um, golden oil-fed lamps or candelabras. Now, these things were about 75 feet tall and they were in the court of the women. And it is said that they shone so brightly that they illuminated the entire city. Now, these lights, these lamps, sorry, were lit in the temple as a reminder to the people of what God had done when he sent the pillar of fire ahead of them. Um, And I want to stop and just look at what this actually was in the book of Exodus because it's important to understand why they were remembering this and the ritual of it. And so we're going to go back to Exodus for a minute. Um, when the children of Israel fled from Egypt, God parted the Red Sea for them and he got them to go through it. Now, this was not a short walk for them. This was a long walk at the bottom of the ocean with a wall of water on either side of them. And it was likely dark, a little bit overwhelming. And there was probably quite a bit of fear there because they were looking over their shoulder the whole time waiting for the, Israel, for the Egyptian army to come. But what we know is that God didn't send them on their own. And this is what Exodus tells us in Exodus 13 verse 21 to 22. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. There's two quick things I want to highlight here. Firstly, God will always turn up, but it may not be how we think. And in this instance, God turned up and went before them in a pillar of cloud and fire. So we need to keep our eyes open to see God because he is always there. The second thing is that the pillars never left their place in front of the people. We read that God went ahead of them and the pillars of smoke and fire stayed there the entire time. God protected them through the cloud. He protected them from the heat of the day. And by night, he used the cloud of fire, the pillar of fire, 
to actually light their way in the darkness. But if we jump over to Exodus 14, we also see that he protected them because this is what Exodus 14, 19 to 20 says. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. The moment the danger was on their heels, the pillar of cloud and fire separated, and the pillar of fire stayed in the front, so God still let their path. But the pillar of cloud moved to the back, and what it did was it got between the people of, of Israel and the army of Egypt. And so God surrounded them on either side. He was before them, but he was behind them as well, and he protected them by keeping the enemy at bay. And this was what the lighting of the lamps during the festival was all about. It was about remembering that God led their way and he protected them. And it's here in the midst of the festival and standing between the lamps that we find Jesus declaring, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, there's a few things that I really want to unpack in this statement um, that I believe Jesus was saying and, and what I believe he meant. And firstly, I think, when we, when we see this, we see Jesus is declaring that he is the light of the world. Not one of many, not an option, but the light, the one true light of the world. And while the people danced around and looked at the lights coming out of the lamps, Jesus was telling them that they're looking at the wrong light. They needed to be looking at him. They needed to be looking at the, the brilliance that comes from Christ. Because while the light that came out of the lamps was beautiful, it does not compare to the light of Christ because he is the one true light in this world that can dispel the darkness. And the light of Christ is the only light that can illuminate the beauty and wonder of our creator God and show us the work of, God hand, of God's hands. And it is also only the light of Christ that can dispel the darkness in our hearts. While the people were celebrating how the pillar of fire um, illuminated their path in the darkness, Jesus wasn't talking about a physical darkness. He's talking about a spiritual darkness. Jesus is talking about a separation from God that only his light and he can bridge for us. What he was saying is that while you're celebrating this physical light overcoming the darkness, Jesus wanted to break that for them and he wanted to actually open the eyes of their hearts so they could see God. He wanted his light to reveal God to them so that they could encounter their heavenly father. And that's what he's saying to us today as well. But what's more, his light actually gives us life because he's the only light that can deliver us from bondage and from sin and from shame. The Jews were looking back and they were remembering what God had done, but that's all they were doing. They were just looking back. And there's, there's nothing wrong with looking back. And actually it's necessary because when we look back and see what God has done, we are reminded of his faithfulness. But they weren't looking up, they weren't looking forward, they were just looking back at a physical deliverance. From the enemy. They are remembering how they followed the presence of the Lord in the pillar of smoke and of fire, but what they missed is that the Messiah was standing in their midst promising salvation to them. And so he's standing there and he's saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And he's saying that if they follow him, they would not just be delivered from darkness, but they would have new life and the promise of eternity with their Saviour. He was looking at them and saying, you're dancing around these lamps and you're celebrating, but with me and through me, you'll be dancing and singing before the throne of God. You'll be singing in eternity with the creator God. But they missed it. They, they missed it completely. And this is the other thing that they missed. If we jump over to John 9, 5, this is what Jesus says. 
while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, Jesus said this right before he healed a blind man. In the midst of the festival and everything happening, Jesus takes a step aside and encounters a blind man and in an instant gives him his sight. And what he, what he was showing them is that God is in their midst. The, the God that they're trying to remember is in their midst, restoring, delivering, healing right then and right there in the present tense, but they couldn't see it because they were too consumed with the ceremony in the ritual. He was right there and they totally missed it. You know, Jesus is telling them and promising them a new life with a new heart connected to him. In Psalm 36, 9, we read, For with you is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. Jesus gives them and gives us the fountain of life, his life for ours on the cross. And through that life, we get his love and we get his peace and his joy and his comfort. And through him, we get to commune with our heavenly father. We get to fix our eyes on heaven, knowing that there is a place for us there in eternity. And you know what? It is his light that shines into the very depth of our heart to show us just how loved we are by God. He shows us how God loves us and how God sees us and just how much he loved us to the point of sending his son to the cross for us. He loved us to death. That's how much God loves us. And he brings fulfillment and he brings identity and he brings belonging. You know, you hear so much, go find your true self. If you want to know your true self, if you want to know who you really are and be fulfilled to the depth of your soul, you need the saving light of Jesus because he's the only one that can show us who we really are and that is his. It is his love that opens the eyes of our hearts to help us see our maker and send us home. A few years ago, I was um, in a conference in the US and it was in the Redwood Forest in San Jose. And one morning I walked down and I sat on the bed of the lake and I just sat on this rock and I just poured out my heart to God and I just cried because there were so many things that were heavy on my heart. And I was just firing all these questions off at God and he didn't actually answer anything I'd asked him. <laughs> Instead, what he did was he just held me and he poured out his love over me. And it, it, was, it felt like a cloak had settled over me. His love felt so strong, it was like a cloak. And as I sat there crying, going, God, why? Why do you love me? I do not deserve this. I heard it as clear as anything in my spirit. Daughter, you are my daughter. And this is what the love of Christ brings us. It brings us relationship with our Heavenly Father. It brings identity and belonging. And from that point on, I was no longer just ordinary Layla. I was the daughter of the Most High King, the creator of heaven and earth. I was his daughter. And it started to change how I saw myself. When we encounter Christ, he opens the eyes of our heart and we get to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. But I want to take us a little bit further because I think there's a little bit more that Jesus is saying here. You know, God is not, uh, God's not a one-off God. God's not a God that turns up, does a miracle and goes, all right, I'm done now. You're on your own. I'll see you in heaven and then walks away. That is not who he is. And he's also not a sidelines God. God is not some coach standing on the sidelines screaming out instructions to us. No. God is a present God. He is a constant God. He is faithful and merciful and he is kind. And he's with us every step of the way in every season that we go forward in. If we go back to Exodus, we see that God didn't send them out alone. He didn't yield down instructions from heaven to them. He sent the pillar of cloud and fire before them. It went with them every step of the way. It led them. And 
when danger came, it didn't, it didn't disappear. It surrounded them from the beginning and the end. It just completely surrounded them and protected them. And when we read Jesus' words in John 8, he doesn't say that he's going to walk alongside of us or he's going to shout out instructions to us. What he says is that he will go with us. In the same way that God sent the pillar of fire to go before the people, Jesus is saying that he will go before us because he says, whoever follows me, whoever follows me, it's an invitation. This is an invitation from Jesus saying, come. This is Jesus with hand outstretched saying, come, come with me, follow me. Because when you follow me, my light will dispel the darkness. You will never walk in darkness again. My light will shine over you. My light will guide you, it will protect you, and I will give you eternal life. Just come. I've heard people say things like, God sends out his people. And while that's a great statement, I actually don't agree with that because I don't believe that God sends us out. I believe God invites us to go with him. I don't believe that God says go. I believe God says come. And I believe he looks at us and he extends his hand and he says, come with me. Come stand with me. Come, come on the mission field with me. Come evangelize with me. Come show mercy with me. Come love your neighbor with me. Come show forgiveness with me. He's not asking us to do anything on our own. He's inviting us to go with him as we do it. And he promises that if we come, he will be with us every step of the way. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And his promise is true. He's faithful and we can trust him because the great I am said it and his word never comes back empty or hollow. As I start to wrap this up, I want to share this quote by um, Warren Risby from his book, He Walks With Me. And it's a great quote that says this. Christ is our light and we trust him. He is our leader and we follow him. He is our life and we grow in him and reveal him to this dark world. Friends, can I encourage you today that he can be trusted? In the crazy days that we find ourselves in, he is still the light of the world. God is still seated on the throne and he is still sovereign and gracious and powerful and merciful. In John um, 9.5, Jesus reminds us that why he's in the world, he's still the light of the world. He may not be physically walking with us today, but he is still in the world and he is still the light of the world that we follow. He is still the one that is leading us and guiding us and lighting our path. But we need to trust him. We need to press him deeper. And here's the thing, there is no quick fix here. It is a daily choice that we have to make. It is a daily choice, not just to remember what he's done, not just to look back and remember, but to actually seek him. It is a daily choice to fix our eyes on him. The Jews got so caught up remembering what God had done that they actually lost sight of God. And the event became more important than the one that got them through it. We can't make it more about the ritual than about God. I shared earlier, earlier about my encounter with God in the forest. And to be honest with you, I haven't felt his tangible love over me like that since. But here's the thing. That day before I left, I took a picture of the rock in the surrounding area. And it served as a reminder for me of my encounter with God. But currently I have it hanging in my living room and I've also got it hanging in my office at work as a reminder to keep seeking God. It encourages me to keep pursuing him, to keep seeking him, to keep wanting after him because remembering what happened is not enough. I need to keep chasing him and that's what it is. It is a daily choice that we make. We have to be intentional on our part to follow him every day. It's a daily choice we make to not let our circumstances get bigger than God. It is a daily choice we make to trust him, to sit at his feet and to rest in his life. It is a daily choice to adore him 
and to get to know him because the more we get to know him, the more we're going to get to know his heart and the depth of his love for us and his love and his mercy and his grace and his kindness. And he is good, friends. He is so, so good. And he's given us everything we need to navigate this through his word and the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit right here in our midst, guiding us, leading us, correcting us. He has not left us alone. He has gone before us. He's still going before us and he will continue to go before us. You know what? No one can give us comfort like the Holy Spirit can. In such a crazy world like we're in now, no one can fulfill and bring peace like the Holy Spirit can. The world will try and convince us that there's so many different alternatives that are going to help us. But if you want to be fulfilled to the depth of your soul, if you want the deepest ache in your heart to be comforted, no one but the Holy Spirit can do that. No one can complete us like the one who created us. We just need to seek him. We need to be intentional about pressing in. And can I encourage you to not let the current environment and our circumstances and our situation get bigger than God? He is trustworthy and he is good and we just need to hold on to him. And he's still extending that invitation to come, even today. And you know what? You may have joined us online because you might be curious about Jesus. Or potentially you've only got one TV at home and so someone else is watching and you had no choice. Or you knew Jesus and you got your doubts about him and you don't necessarily think that Jesus sees you or that you are worthy enough to actually take this redemption and light and saving grace that we talk about. And I want to encourage you with this. If that's you, I really want to encourage you with this. When Jesus made his statement in John 8, what we read is that he was standing in the treasury, near the treasury in the court of the women. Now, this was the most public part of the temple. So Jesus stood in the most public part of the temple. He wasn't standing in the little corner in the back. He wasn't talking to the religious elite. He wasn't talking to the wealthy. This is not an exclusive thing. He was standing in the most public part of the temple. And he was declaring that he is the light of the world. Whoever follows him will not be in darkness, but will have the light of life. He stood in the most public place because he wanted everyone to know that what he offered was available to them. Jesus knew that in a short time he would be taken and he would be beaten and crucified as an atonement for our sins and that his life would be given for us. And he wanted everyone there to know that the redemption that was going to come at that was available to them. And it's available to us today and that includes you. And what Jesus is saying today, he still has his hand outstretched and he's saying come. That redemption, that salvation, that grace, it is available, come. He sees you and he knows you and he loves you and he thought you were worth dying for. And he still has his hand outstretched to you today. And if that's you, can I encourage you, can I really encourage you to press in and to seek him? Because when we allow Christ to come in, he will illuminate everything. He will illuminate our hearts and bring joy to our soul and he will open up our eyes and he will connect us to our Heavenly Father. And I want to encourage you that if, it, if that is you, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to reach out and just let us know. Let me pray. Father God, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you, even today, Father, are standing there with your arms outstretched to welcome your children that your love for us is so deep that you go before us in every single situation, that you thought we were worth dying for, Lord, and that you sent your son for us on the cross. And so, Father, we just thank you that today we can lift our eyes to you. We thank you, Father, that the salvation and the peace and comfort that you promised us in your word is still available for us today. 
And Lord, we just want to surrender ourselves over to you, knowing and trusting that you are the light of the world. And through you, Lord, there is no darkness, but there is eternal life. And so, Father, we thank you and we love you. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.